Here today, I'm Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And joined this morning by MnDOT Mike. It's Mike Doherty, Minnesota Department of Transportation. How you doing, Mike? Hey, good morning. Good. Uh, happy July. We're off and running. Yeah, I still can't fathom that it's already July. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, <laughs> the Minnesota in me going, oh no, winter's coming. We got to start preparing. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I always have a little, uh, you know, tinge of depression after the last fireworks on the 4th of July because it just feels like, yeah. you know, even though if you do the math, we've still got, you know, all of July and into August, August but September. I'm like, oh, it's over. Summer's done. It's going. Yeah. The nights are going to get shorter. The, Yep. Cool off cooler uh, sooner. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, we got to be more of an optimist here, Mike. Yes, I tend to be, but sometimes that, that I have my moments. So. But, you know, the funny thing connected to that is once we hit the end of December and the days start getting longer, mm-hmm. I start getting more and more optimistic. <laughs> spring's on the way. <laughs> uh, we're both 21sters, as Joe Souchere would say. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you're always here for Department of Transportation news. Specifically, we spend a lot of time talking about construction projects, particularly around this time of the year because it's in full swing. Yes. Maybe bring yeah. us up to date on some of the more local projects happening. Yeah, I thought that'd be kind of good just to give an update depending on, you know, we're definitely the summer travel period and as well and people doing a lot of weekend travel so it's good to to know what's out there on your roads um highway 52 is kind of the big one if you're in rochester heading north um they're moving along at a a good pace there they're um if if you're let's let's just say you're heading north you know so the first thing you're going to encounter is um the highway the highway 52 bridge over highway 60 there south of zombrota and it's the uh, southbound bridge they're replacing now. That's on track to be done um, kind of that mid to late September um, time period. And I was by there the other night and, you know, they've got some of the beams up and and that's always a good sign because then they can start putting the forms up, getting the concrete, you know, on the deck. And and so they've moved well there. Then you get further north up the hill by Hayter um, where they're building that interchange at Highway 57 and Highway 52. Um, they are, they're on the northbound side right now where it's going to be a an underpass bridge. So um, Highway 57 and County Road 8 will go under Highway 52. So right now they're they're working on the northbound side. And I, I think they hope to have that finished like um, early August, August time period. And then they'll switch over to the southbound side to get that um, dug out and, and constructed. And then you'll see they're doing a lot of earthwork on either side as well um, to bring the road under, and then so they have um, to. They're building new bridges, is what they're doing. So yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So instead of like a like Highway 52 going under, um, like 57, Highway 52 is going to go over. So, um, you know, kind of like maybe if uh, like 52 and 63 here in Rochester, something right. like that. So, um, is there is it just the lay of the land? Is that the reason that that that's choice was made yeah the the contractor had the option of you know choosing a design either over or under and they looked at it and you know if you do look it does the road does kind of elevate at that crossing so there was a lot of earthwork that you know they would have to build up if they were going to go over so they said sure. why not go under and 
Um, so they've been hard at it there. And um, and then if you just look, you know, as you're heading north, you'll see a lot of the reconstruction work going on north of Hayter. So they're they're reconstructing the southbound lanes of 52. So and that's where you're in that that single lane um, in each direction traffic. And so, you know, you've driven it before, you know, on occasion, weekends, sometimes, you know, Friday nights, Sunday afternoons, uh, sometimes during commuting, it can it can get congested a little bit and slow down. So that's something to kind of keep in mind as well. Okay, so they got the roadway, as you pointed out, north of there, all ripped out. Yep. Preparing for the new concrete. Are they going to continue south of there all the way to Zambroda as well? Um, not all the way to Zambroda. It'll go um, down to about the Welch Road, you know, okay. where you turn off there. Um, and then also it'll go full north just to the south of Cannon Falls. So it's about 12 and a half miles of reconstruction that they're doing. So it's pretty amazing. At one point they were digging up and some guys were noting on the road that there was the old roadbed from the original Highway 52, you know, buried underneath layer upon layer of, you know, pavement and dirt. And and so kind of some, you know, interesting trivia there as well. And that's why we're doing the southbound lane because that's the original roadbed. And as things have gotten, you know, better and refined, our roads have widened, but they were building on that more narrow original roadbed. So that's why you'd see it kind of bump up uh, periodically, you know, as as the pavement would wear down. Um, so it's just going to be a good replacement. The northbound lanes, um, they're newer. And um, so you don't see that that rumbly real breakup yeah. that we've seen on the southbound. So, well, that um, explains it. I did not uh, did not know that was the reason for that. Yeah. So did they find did, did they find the curbs? On the original roadway, my understanding is that if, the highway had curbs. If 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 they hadn't taken them out, I'm sure they did, or if they probably paved over it. Because yeah, one of our photographers was up that way, and one of the inspectors said, you know, hey, look at right here. Here's here's the original pavement down here, and I was like, wow, I would have liked to have been there and seen that. That's yeah, <laughs> I would too. That uh, you, I just picture in my mind back when that was originally paved as the two lane road up to the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and it was a very narrow highway. And, I mean, the trucks were smaller, granted, then. And they, yep. they, I guess, you know, you could argue the cars were larger then. Mm-hmm. And they were just starting to be quite fast at that point. I would have been terrifying on that road. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like, some of it where you can go into towns and find, like, in Zambroda, it's um, Jefferson Drive is the old Highway 52. So, it's like, you know, after you, if you get off at 52 at Zambroda and go towards town, it's like your first left you can take and it goes north. And you, if you look at it, you start to see like, oh, yeah, this, this has the look of a highway a little more. It's, it's not just a city street, but, um, you know, it, I, it's kind of fun that way sometimes. And you'll see like street names like, you know, old 52 or old 43 right. or something like that. Um, so, yeah, we eventually, you know, sometimes people get worked up. Like, you know, when we change, we expand a highway, say Highway 14, you know, um, and yet, you know, there is that original road that was over on one side. And um, I remember Kim David even talking about, you know, businesses up at Highway 52 at Cannon Falls that way back, um, you know, when they they moved it to the, I guess it'd be to the west, um, you know, there were some original businesses right along there that got taken out, you know, and then new businesses popped up and yeah so on but people kind of forget 
what used to be there after a while. Takes a couple generations, like Highway 14. We'll continue to call that stretch over by Dodge Center. Old 14 yep. for at least another 20 years, I'm sure. Yes. But the, uh, there's another one that if you're coming down 52, I think it's is it near Cannon Falls where it's it's a rural property. And I know that they must have a little bit of a trucking business or it's tied to their farming operation. But it can't be more than a eighth of a mile stretch of the old highway mm-hmm. that is right next to. And it's just the strangest thing because it's a it, dead end on one end. And then there's a farm or a home there and and a business. And you go, I wonder how that ever got retained that way. Uh huh. Yeah, you wish you could kind of go back and learn a little more of the yeah. history. Well, you know what? We have to take a break already, Mike. Okay. We have we have some more construction updates coming up with Mint. Mike Mike Doherty from the Minnesota Department of Transportation this morning on Rochester Today News Talk thirteen forty KROC AM and ninety six nine FM. Serving part time in the Army National Guard has Mike Doherty from the Minnesota Department of Transportation this morning on Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell at News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Mike, we covered the big one, the 52 project, which many of us have run into. There's more than a few other projects taking place across the region. What What's happening with those areas? Yeah, I thought I could give a quick rundown of some just, um, you know, thinking, you know, looking in the region, you got Mazeppa Days coming up. Um, it always has the big fireworks. And um, if people are headed out there, um, if you typically have taken Highway 52 to Highway 60 to go east there, um, that is detoured right now. So your detour will take you up to Zombroda, up on Highway 58, and you can come east and then south into Mazeppa that way. Uh, Highway 60 is closed. We're doing some culvert replacement and then repaving between Highway 52 and Highway 63 at Zumbro Falls. And so um, there's a lot of construction be- between those two entities and and so just remember there's a detour there you know it's it's a good good detour but um you know if you're headed out just make a little bit of plans that we're looking to um, open up some of that road probably either late this month or into august and then some of the work will continue until we get the culverts uh in there and replaced and then that should help open things up and it'll just be a paving operation which isn't as disruptive then um you know, Highway 61, lots of people are traveling that. And we've got a couple projects north of Red Wing that are coming up. We also have a, an open house if people are interested on 61. We've got these two projects north. Um, there's a roundabout and a reduced conflict intersection going in this year. But then we're also replacing a bridge at Withers Harbor uh, in the coming years, uh, a bridge south, um, a, a bridge over the railroad south of um, Red Wing. And then also paving next year between Red Wing and Lake City. So um, if you're out and about, um, you can stop by the Red Wing Public Library between 5 and 7 p.m. on on July 12th and learn about all those if you're interested. There's just a lot going on on 61. So we thought it would be a good time to to give people updates. And if um, and if they're not able to attend, they can always check out the the project websites with those details as well. So that's next Tuesday, the meeting. Yep, next Tuesday, yep. So you're going to repave all the way from Red Wing down to Lake City? Yes, yeah, well, just wow. north of Lake City there and just south of Red Wing. Um, okay. And so, yeah, and then they're going to put in a passing lane. That's one of the cool things there is, you know, that's one of the areas where it's, you know, it's two lane and and people do get a little anxious or antsy. And so there will be an opportunity kind of in that Frontenac area 
um, for a passing lane in both directions. So it's going to take some some work with the the public and and they'll close a couple accesses and and improve some of that um, just for people making turns off. You know, because it's a you're you're hitting Lake Pepin there, and and um, so it's it's important. That's the part that amazes me that you get people anxious there where it's just a beautiful stretch of highway. Yes. I, I prefer to slow down a little bit and enjoy the view while I'm in that area. Exactly. No, I, I agree. I'm I'm 100% behind you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's but it's one of those things that we do try when there are opportunities um, and the traffic indicates that 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 there could be some uh, a good safe option for a passing lane uh, in that oh, yeah. area. So. You get a lot of traffic from the Twin Cities that comes down to Red Wing and then down to Lake City. Exactly. Yep. And we know how they all drive. So yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're used to different traffic conditions and speeds, and so yeah. Um, and then um, you know there is construction going on on Highway 61 currently, um, just south of Kellogg, um, and that's a 27 mile project. It's down nearly to Winona, not quite. Um, it's not too disruptive. You're in single lanes for its paving. Um, they just finished putting a reduced conflict intersection in at fo- Highway 42 and Highway 61 there. So um, that, that had Highway 42 had been detoured, but it's now open. So that's always good if that's kind of one of the, the many routes that, you know, Rochester folks take to get over to the river. Right. Um, so know that that's open. But now if you want to go, if you come across on 42 and you want to go north on 61, you'll have to cut across, do the U-turn and then um, accelerate north. Um I think, you know, over time, I think people are going to adjust and see the safety of that, um, that intersection where people would just pull out to go north. Um, we've had some some very serious um, crashes, some fatal crashes there where, you know, it's at highway speeds and it's a right angle. And those that's just a, a formula for, you know, very serious life altering injuries or obviously a fatality. And so we think it's going to be a good addition, but obviously people need to adjust to it. That, that intersection has been notorious for decades. Mm-hmm. But part of that intersection is it's strange because your sight lines are great. But the speeds are it's very deceiving. It's hard to yep. judge where how fast the vehicle is going just because the distance is involved. I mean, at least that's my theory yeah. on it. And it's and it's a four lane. So it's hard, you know, hard to yeah. differentiate for folks. And yeah, and it's just making just misjudging speed or distance or a blind spot and yeah it can turn to a, a fatal situation so okay yeah. what other ones are happening around here well and just a couple others that people are out and about you know if you get down by the rushford area um we're working on highway 30 right in on the west end of of rushford so you know be alert there you can get in and out and get to businesses there and then if you go south of rushford on 43 there are some detours right now um it's it's a repaving project but they're also putting some culverts in kind of reinforcing um uh you know uh, the bank uh, along the road um so that's some folks have, have encountered that it's it's not too much of a a detour off the road but um it will take you a little further to the west of highway 43 and then i got a question though for you yeah because oftentimes the detours are associated with the culvert work not the repaving work how often do you have to change out the culverts Boy, um, I threw one at him. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, because it, it depends on what they put back in. Like there was, um, oh, up by uh, on um, 52, I saw when they, they pulled out an old culvert. There's a box culvert north of, of the Hater Interchange, and that was all steel. 
And I was like, whoa, what's, you know, they're putting concrete in now. So it's probably, you know, there'll be a difference. And, and I think we're seeing more concrete being put in as culverts instead of the the old steel ones because they do, they don't deteriorate, you know, rust as, as quickly right. break down. So I'm not sure. That's our hydraulics folks are really good at that. That's, they spend a long time out investigating, determining, you know, if it's, if it needs to be replaced, sometimes they can put a liner in or um, do some repairs just without, um, you know, pulling the whole thing out. Sometimes they can put it through the, under the road without ripping the road up. So it's a, it's a very interesting work and it's not my expertise. So I'm not sure. (laughs) You actually knew more about it than I would imagine you would have known about it, but it tells me they last a long time because they've been doing the concrete ones for quite a while now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you're seeing that there's been like occasionally depending on the size, um, there've been some delays in the supply chain, getting those uh, turned around quick enough. So We've had some kind of shorter term schedule delays, but nothing that's really s- significantly set back projects. But that's always kind of a worry when when that sort of thing is involved in in our current projects. The other one you have, I know, going on is the roundabouts in Winona. Yes. Is yes. this is this the biggest roundabout project that MnDOT's been involved in in this region yet? Because it's is it actually two roundabouts in the same area? There's actually four roundabouts. Okay, within, four. Yeah, within nine tenths of a mile so um you'll get you'll be very well practiced if you drive that that stretch uh i might get busy in november so um the the biggest one we it is our first in our district our first two lane uh round or bout um and that's going to go in at, at 43 and 61 there and so that will take some adjustment um just knowing you know if you're going through maybe get out in the right lane. If you're going to curl around, get in the inside lane, the left lane as you go through. So people get used to that. And that that roundabout there is likely to be ready, I would say, probably in early August, um, wow. you know, August time period. Um, they're getting that done. So um, and then there'll be three more to the north there as you head into Winona on Highway 43 Mankato Avenue. Um, so it's been very, you know, the congestion of the traffic just to do that and that's the challenge is people want to keep those roads open but they also want the construction done and to do that safely you've got to really pinch traffic down and squeeze it over and and it's a busy place and so it has been congested and i know um lots of winona folks have voiced their uh, discontent (laughs) (laughs) my way and others way Um, but it's getting there and i think you know people have adjusted the traffic and i think in the end it's going to be a good thing but there will be an adjustment period with that number of roundabouts to traverse ah uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see when it's all done i've purposely avoided it because of what you've talked about it's not a bad idea yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it, or pick pick a certain time of day and you can you can scoot through there pretty quickly okay. but other times not so much all right we'll take a break for news and when we come back with MnDOT Mike Mike Doherty Minnesota Department of Transportation. We're going to quiz him on the meeting last week concerning the Highway 14, the notorious Highway 14 intersection in Rochester, and exactly what is taking place there as far as the MnDOT plans are concerned. That's after the news break on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Finding great candidates to hire can be on Newstalk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM 
And of course, this morning, we are joined by Mike Doherty, the Minnesota Department of Transportation, better known to our listeners as MnDOT Mike. Um, big meeting held recently concerning an intersection that anybody <laughs> who's lived here for any amount of time knows that needs work. Um, yes. And it's, we're talking about the Highway 14. I like to say 60th Avenue, but it's also County 44. Others know it as County 104. Yes. <laughs> the intersection yeah. of many names. Yeah, the back entrance to Country Club Manor, mm-hmm. uh, coming off for whatever it is, leashes and leads out there. Um, obviously, it, it needs work. And the, the, what was the purpose of the meeting, first of all, Mike? Well, this one is um, Olmstead County uh, is leading a process um, along with the partnership with MnDOT uh, to look at that intersection and what sort of improvement or upgrade uh, could occur there to improve safety. And um, so that was, you know, everyone has talked about an, uh, an interchange and that's that's po- probably the most likely outcome, but they need to start the process sort of sort of like at zero, you know, and reach out to the public and get their input on what they'd like to see um, any issues they see with traffic, that sort of thing. So it was really a, a public input session, really to hear from the public on what they want to see there um, for that. And then um, we're working with a consultant and they will help design some options, you know, different ways to look at it um, in terms of how to address this. And then I, I believe they're shooting to have another public meeting um, probably in, in the fall of this year where they can show some uh, options for people to look at. So it was really designed just to get feedback. So we had maps out, people came and pointed to different areas where they live or what they see as traffic issues. Um, but on top of that, obviously we've started talking a bit about what we what MnDOT plans to do uh, in the short term to address safety um, along that area out there. Um, we did have a, a construction project plan for for August um, this year, but um, the the costs went up. So we needed to go back to um, the Rochester Olmstead um, Council of Governments called ROCOG. Um, they need to approve um, that. And they decided they didn't they didn't want to approve what we were gonna do at, at 44 and Highway 14 there, which was um, like a, a median U-turn. We closed the median and then we'd allow a, a median U-turn for people that were eastbound heading into Rochester that wanted to go north on County Road 44. So so like a partial reduced conflict intersection. Okay. So that, that kind of took that whole project off the table. And we're also going to do some work at County Road 3 over by Byron, 7th Street Northwest, um, sort of a, um, a short-term but uh, effective way that would close the medians or restrict the medians, which is where we're seeing those fatal and serious injury crashes on there. So um, our folks discussed it more and um, the plan that MnDOT's gonna move ahead um, later this month towards the end of July is we'll be closing the median at 7th Street Northwest, um, which is on you know the close, it's between 44 and West Circle Drive there. And so people would be able to turn right into 7th, like if you're eastbound, on 40, 14, you could turn 
right into 7th Street and go up the hill towards Rochester Montessori School that way. Right. And or if you strip of yeah. businesses along there. Yeah. Yep. Or if you're coming down the hill, you can turn right and continue eastbound into Rochester, but you won't be able to cross the median. That'll be closed up. Um, the other one, you know, obviously that people are, um, you know, more concerned about is we'll be closing the median at County Road 44 and Highway 14. So people will not be able to um, cross Highway 4. If they're coming on either like 44 or up 60th Street and they want to cross over to the other side, um, they they won't be able to do that there. Um, that will be closed up. Uh, people will still be able to take right in and right out on either side. Um, so that's the the issue there. And, and that really is um, the big, big issue. Um, and but next you still year, have, you still have access if you get off at West Circle Drive. Yeah, yeah, you could just go up All to West Circle areas, Drive, yeah. circle around, and then come back that way. Right. You know, obviously, if you're coming out from Rochester and you want to go north to to Leashes and Leeds or or any of the places there, you can turn right if you're westbound. Yeah. It's just the opposite direction. You can't cross over anymore. So, um, and that has been shown. That's that is. Um, the problem and you know it, i think it's received mixed reviews so there are some people that that do say um it will um you know it is it's not convenient uh because they will have to drive further but you know in talking with some of the businesses out there like um there was a representative from vite um that drives a lot of big trucks and he said he doesn't even want his trucks crossing that median to begin with he usually routes them north and then they go in into Rochester and then come out onto 14 or um, so he said he was all he favored closing the median, you know, and he admitted too it's it's not the perfect solution, but it's the right one for safety right now. And and the folks at Leashes and Leeds also um, said that, you know, they they agreed with closing the median. And again, you know, it's not convenient. Everybody agrees with that. But at the same time, um, it's it it does reduce that that safety risk there a lot. Um, it's not going to it's not going to remove it. You know, there's still is the potential of somebody pulling out from somebody else. Um, that's, you know, but that's that's less so than people trying to make that judgment, trying to cross, you know, two lanes of traffic and then merge into, you know, the opposite lanes there or try to cross four lanes of traffic, whatever they're doing. Um, that's just a lot of um, things to juggle and, and assess. And, um and often when somebody makes a misjudgment, some, you know, with speed, distance, or just doesn't see it, um, it's resulted in, you know, a serious injury crash or a, or a fatality. So, Fatalities, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've seen on that one, too, it bottles up at certain times of the day because of the mm -hmm. traffic loads. And yep. I personally witness people taking terrible risks and, because and, they're impatient. Yeah. And that's where I think sometimes you get impatient. And that's what you see in the median where suddenly um, I have not. I was having a hard time picturing it, but somebody claimed they'd seen six vehicles in the median crossing different directions, you know, because they all want to get in there and make their turn um, and they feel, you know, exposed. And and so you get in that and you're not really sure who's going to. So just closing that median and taking away that risk element, um, we feel is going to pay safety dividends. And there is this project, you know, that we, we talked about from the meeting. Um, working with Olmsted County that's looking at the long term, you know, likely an interchange or something of that sort. Um, and that's the big thing is is the money, you know, and we'd um, I Olmsted County did um, really tremendous work in raising awareness with lawmakers, legislators, 
um, about the need and they were hopeful it would be in the bonding bill. Um, but that did not come to fruition with the state legislature. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure in terms of the federal infrastructure money, if there would be something along that line. But um, right now, as it stands, the legislature didn't pass matching funds. They didn't pass a transportation bill that would give us federal matching dollars. So we're not able, at least at this point, to um, determine how we could tap into the federal um, infrastructure bill for some money. I'm not sure if it would have necessarily gone for Highway 14, but having those additional funds allows you some flexibility and some some options. So, well, past that project, the lack of action on a bonding bill is it going to impact next summer's, a year from now's MnDOT construction schedule at all? Not. It shouldn't. Um, you know, because we have sort of money that's all designated out, um, but um, it could reduce the the opportunities. Um, you know, if you do have some additional funds, then you can um, you can start moving some funds around. Or um, if there was some you know project that you know you you were going to do this, and suddenly you go, well, there's a program that allows us to add additional dollars if it's let's let's say safety related or or. Sure. intersection related or something um you know suddenly those options aren't aren't available for us at least at this juncture you know right. um you know the legislature could meet they still may meet in special session um it's you know everybody's got different views on whether that'll happen but that's that's kind of been the hang-up is is in doing this people say well this should have been done a long time ago at 14 and 44 we don't have the funding i mean that's the the reality is we the funding is designated for improving and maintaining our current roads and bridges this would be more of an expansion so it's tough um to come up with it and especially it's it's a significant price tag too um oh yeah and, it's going to be an expensive project yeah and we're watching you know inflation and, and petroleum prices and those sorts of things rise so um you know that cost is likely to go up but who knows what that'll be um so you know and just in okay. the rest of the yeah when will the medians close the medians should be closing like at the very end of July into early August. It, it's okay. a process. So um, that we'll have our maintenance crews out there. They'll be digging out the pavement. They'll be doing putting up some barricades and things to ensure that it's safe and people aren't trying to still maneuver around them um, and really compounding the safety issues. So um, and that's one of the, always the concerns, too, is when you're doing work like that uh, on a busy stretch of highway is just the safety with traffic going by. So. Um, you know, just remind folks to always be driving safety. But if you see workers out there and those warning signs as you approach road work ahead, that's your cue to, to ease back on the accelerator, start looking around and and really practice your safest driving you know habits that you can. Yeah, that's somebody's dad, brother, sister, yep. mom, and, whatever. And we've heard from, yeah, and we've heard from people out that stretch, um, you know, down at County Road 3. Um, there's a family that lost um, uh, a young man um, and we're not going to be able to address everything there this year, but we're going to put in a reduced conflict intersection there next year in 2023. In the meantime, we're going to put up some warning signs some, that have, you know, flashers and things like that that remind people that they're cross traffic and, you know, just trying to get people, you know, really be attentive, be sharp um, and make those smart decisions. So that's another aspect that we'll be doing there. And then it's less so an intersection thing, but, um, Next year, we'll have a cable median uh, 
guard through that area, that stretch there. And that at least guards if somebody does have a medical emergency or loses control in some way, um, it keeps them on their side of the traffic. It doesn't allow them to typically cross over and do a head-on at highway speeds. Um, and so that'll be a, an additional safety layer there. Um, like I said, it won't it won't prevent the the intersection crashes, but it it's corridor safety as well as intersection. I, I don't know if it was MnDOT, but I believe it was because I it was MnDOT cameras was the source of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a video that was on social media, and I know it's on our website as well at carolcnews.com if you search for it, of how many of these, the median chains, cables yep. actually stop tragedies, and they had multiple videos of vehicles sliding out of control through the median, and mm-hmm. they would have been going into oncoming traffic had they not hit those cables. Yeah, and, you know, we a handful of times we hear from families um I can think back in this district alone that that say that saved our family's life. We saw this vehicle veer out of control on the other side. It was coming towards us. It hit the cable median barrier and it's, you know, and those things give, you know, it's it, they are not like a brick wall, but it it gives and then it guides them along the side and you know, people end up with a a wrecked car, a shredded shredded car, but everybody's safe. Everybody's alive. You know, and that's the key thing. That's the same philosophy we have with the, the median closures, too, is if we can help save lives there, um, you know, a little, you know, inability to to get there where you normally do, um, that's okay. I mean, that's better because uh, people are not going to be trying some of those maneuvers that, that have proven to be fatal or, or yeah. life-altering. All right. Mindot Mike is with us. We have one more opportunity to chat after this quick break, and we will do that on Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Now you- KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Mike Doherty, MnDOT Mike from the Minnesota Department of Transportation. I'm Andy Brownell, and we're almost out of time, Mike. So what else yeah. do you want to cover in our, our monthly visit here? Well, kind of some quick quick updates. You know, um, the Med City Mover, it's the uh, the autonomous vehicle shuttle. It's a pilot project that's been in Rochester. It's due to wrap up here at the end of August in its downtown. It's a free shuttle. You can take a ride. And um, I know they said they're seeing um, more people on it on the weekends than the weekdays. But um, it's, uh, I think, you know, people are certainly critical of it uh, because they, they think it goes too slow. And, um, but I feel like, we don't have like the full lessons learned fleshed out yet on this, but I feel like that was the point was learning lessons and, and um, you know, they've, they've figured out a number of things. Like even just, I had one of my daughters was in town recently. So I made her go ride it with me and um, they were explaining how you know, the, the sensors are, are so sensitive that right now with the trees fully leafed out, if it's a windy day, the, the you know the branches kind of sway into the street and that's in its view and so it senses that as a potential risk and you know starts to slow down um so i mean there are little things like that that um i think they're going to take and build upon at the next uh venue so i mean if you want to be part of you know i call it the future of history you know there'll be something down the road where there will be an autonomous shuttle or of some sort oh yeah um, and this is, you know, and this is just part of it. This is one of the earlier stages, but it's cool because it's in Rochester. It's on a city street, um, you know, and uh, give it a ride. It's free. So you'll be able to tell your grandchildren. 
Yeah, yeah. Back in the early days, I went on this thing and it would stop for a snowflake for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> telling your kid, you know, your parents talking about when they had a horse-drawn sleigh coming into school yeah. in the winter and, uh-huh. you know, which my mom did, you know, so, uh, and we had, that uh, seems quaint. We had to deal with 56K modems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dial up, you know, yeah. So, um, you know, and then just a couple other things. Uh, if you're driving, you know, between I-90, uh, on I-90 between Dover and Yoda, if you look on the north side, you'll probably notice some some brown fencing up. And it's it's permanent snow fence that we put in. Um, we're starting to do more of that. We've got some over on I-35. Additionally, there'll be some up on 52 when that project's done next year. So just keep an eye out for that. That's that's some good. That's a good thing. You know, yes, we're picking is. some gaps that that probably are prone to drift, drifting and and getting some of that up there. So that's something. And then um, we have an auto flagger. So instead of a, a human being out um, stopping traffic when we're doing road work, it's this new automated system. It's on the back of a truck. Uh, it's got big signs that kind of direct you. It's got stop signs. So keep an eye out that it was up on Highway 63 by Lake City um, earlier this week. It'll be down in our area, um, only, mainly on two-lane roads, but just pay attention. And it's, it's, a, it's a project we're working on to, that's aimed to improve safety and, and kind of remove somebody from that risk that's out there flagging traffic, standing there. Um, and it's, uh, you know, hopefully, you st- again, just stay attentive. So that's on the back of a dump truck, I take it. Yep, it's a trailer on the back of a dump truck. Gotcha. And then else, yeah, and so there's a person in the dump truck, and they've they've got a monitor they can see back, and um, it's got a it's got a big digital sign on the back that instructs you either stop or proceed. It's got a stop sign that comes out that's lit that's got so it's it's meant to just kind of take that human being off there. You know, there's still a human being engaged with it, but they're ensconced in in a little more protective layer in that truck. So it's just a little bit more. Yeah. So we're hopeful that 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 will show, um, you know, to be a, a, a definite safety improvement if drivers can handle it. And, and we may see more of those on the road in the future. Wow. Drones and robot cars that go under culverts yeah. and yeah, self-driving shuttles and auto flaggers. Sci-fi is here with MnDOT. It is. <laughs> technology that can help improve safety. We'll, we'll take a look at it. All right, Mike. I uh, appreciate you sharing this time with us as always and look forward to uh, our next meeting. Yeah, great. Thanks, Andy. We'll catch up in August. Okay. Midnight Mike, Mike Doherty, the Minnesota Department of Transportation today on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I tend to second guest dinners with friends because they're often